Hey everyone, and welcome back to my Blackadian universe. Uh, it is June. It's coming up on June. I can't believe it. Um, and what that means is uh, uh, this season is over. I'm going to take a little break and be back um, in a few months, just enjoying my summer. Um, we'll be back in late summer, early fall, uh, new episodes coming. And I wanted to end the season with um, some reflections on the past year, particularly around uh, the COVID-19 pandemic and what's that, what that has meant for marginalized uh, communities. So uh, yeah, let's talk about it. So the title of this episode, um, exposing my nerdiness a bit here, but uh, it's a quote from uh, the Tolkien, very famous Tolkien book, I guess, movies too. Uh, yeah, that it just, that statement <laughs> itself just exposed how nerdy I am. I'm like, I guess it's a movie too. Um, anyways, it's from The Fellowship of the Ring, um, very, you know, famous book. And um, the two title char like characters in this book, you know, there's this evil ring they have to destroy. And uh, Frodo, the character, he says, you know, I wish it need not have happened in my time. And uh, Gandalf, uh, who's a wizard, you know, he says, so do I. And so do all who live to see such times. But it is not for them to decide all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. And so that was, uh, it's one of my favorite lines from the book because it's, I find it very powerful and it was the inspiration for this episode. And um, I've thought of it a lot um, over the past year and a half during the pandemic because, you know, I'm sure all of us has, have had that this thought of, you know, all thinking about all the things that we um, have missed out on, all the things that, you know, has happened, all the tragedies and the deaths and, you know, it's it's a heavy, it's been a heavy year and a half, like seeing the suffering, um, the suffering that we've personally experienced, the draining, it's been draining, it's been a hard, you know, while. Um, and as we are, you know, turning a corner here, um, and we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel with the vaccine, and you know, things starting to open up, it, um, it's really made me reflect on that. And so I have been rather uh, interested in how people have chose to handle the time that's been given to them. And um, 
for some, it has been an opportunity for growth, um, for change, uh, which is wonderful for um, for an opportunity, you know, to act admirably or to act selfishly. Um, when it comes to public health, oops, uh, when it comes to public health, I, um, you know, people can choose to do what serves themselves or what serves others. And um, people have chosen uh, to serve themselves a lot more than I would th have thought possible. I am an optimist, I guess, and I, I thought that... Um, I thought that, you know, the signs of humanity banding together what, that we saw in the early days of the pandemic would continue on for more than a few weeks. And I think once things got tough and the longevity um, of the pandemic and the situation in, that we were in settled in for some people, um, a lot turned to a lot turned to self-serving rather than the greater good. And I, I have to admit, it was it was disappointing. And uh, because I'm Blackadian and I, I'm thinking about, you know, how this played out for my people, uh, the Black community and other marginalized communities, I thought of, you know, once people realized the communities were, that were hardest hit, which were um, Black communities, and other uh, communities of color, um, people stopped caring less. You know, that's how I saw it. At, at sort of, you know, a reality when the stats, you know, once we got enough data collected to come in and people realized that the people that um, weren't able to shelter at home in their homes that weren't, you know, were working uh, jobs that were frontline that typically tended to be people of color and they were the ones dying at um, higher rates, um, you know, it became less of an issue and it became more of a, let's focus on the things that I'm not being able to get. I wasn't able to eat at a restaurant, you know, for like six months. So let's open things back up. It's not that bad. It's just a flu, blah, -de blah, blah, blah. Um, and uh, it angered me. It angered me because... Um, it reinforced something that, you know, you never want to believe is true, but you know is true that your life as a black person, as a person of color, is valued less. Um, it's considered a, you know, worthy sacrifice if it means that, you know, some person can get back to golfing sooner. And it was, it's despicable and disgusting. And of course, it's not a surprise. I mean, that's, we know that's, that belief is the foundation of our society. It's why, you know, such horrible acts have happened in our history, like slavery and, um, you know, other war crimes. And um, is this belief of a superior race? And, um, 
it rolled out in in many different ways um here in canada the 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 way that um you know in, in re- very recent news, you know, we have a, a vaccine rollout plan. It was given to communities that were not as hard hit, uh, that were typically whiter and wealthier. Um, it's just a, an example of institutional systemic racism, you know, that they were giving it to the, the most worthy that they saw, which were, you know, rich white people. Um, and of course, someone, <laughs> to, it's a, just a glaring map of showing the hardest hit communities versus where the vaccines were happening. And it was like completely opposite. And everyone was like, if you just, if you can't see racism, when you look at this map, because it's like literally just facts and data. And if you can't see what our society values, whose lives our society values, when you look at this, then you're in deep denial and you need to like give your head a shake because it was, you know, there was a huge outcry and of course they changed it afterwards. But I mean, it should have never gotten to that point. It shouldn't have gotten to somebody um, saying like, uh, you know what would make a lot more sense if we treated the people that were getting affected uh, first, you know, that's just logic. That's to me, it's the fact that the blinders are still on that it didn't occur to people to maybe not serve themselves first. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's just, it's played out in many different ways and it's been incredibly uh, disappointing. And um, one of the things that I, you know, speak of with my friends and, um, you know, my husband and I, we have, we've had tons of conversations about COVID over the years, over the year and a bit, but um, and I guess race relations over the years, but um, it's not a hack. You can't hack COVID. It's going to impact you and it's going to impact you negatively. And, you know, you have to decide what you're going to do with this time that you're given. I've seen people acting so stupidly because they've decided that it's not going to impact them, that they're above the pandemic they're above having negative influences they're above not getting what they want white people i'm sorry i have to say it anytime i've seen any of these stupid risky behaviors it's coming from white people who are just not used to oppression not used to not getting their way i've seen people like oh i have had like you know um i think the thing (laughs) that really made me uh roll my eyes was you know someone doing door-to-door yoga and they were standing uh, across from each other like she was technically in her house and the other person was on her porch and they were standing with each other for like you know an hour and I was like how are you not sharing uh, aerosols breath like how is that like there isn't a magic divide between the home and your porch just because you're six feet away. That's just a general guideline. It's not magic. If I'm standing six feet away from someone who's smoking a cigarette, I'm smelling that damn cigarette. It's not a hack. You can't hack this. You have to give something up. You have to do something to serve somebody else. It. You have to give something up. That is what's happened. You can either act 
for yourself or you could act for others. And one of the things that has driven me insane is this push to go back to normal, push to go back to normal. It grates when I hear that. This was an op- this is an opportunity to do better, to do things better. So when we say like look at what's been happening in the world, look at how the problems have been solved, look at what people care about, look at how um people of color have been affected. Can you not see the institutionalized racism? Can you not see it now? The pandemic has thrown that into sharp relief. Who's suffered? Who's thrived? I'm tired of hearing stories about businesses, you know, getting shut down. I want to hear stories about how families that couldn't, you know, it's of course, I suffering, we hate suffering. I hate to see someone lose their job, lose their, lose their livelihood, lose their business. But they have privilege. They have privilege to even tell that story on a global scale so that they can get GoFundMe pages and sympathy. I want to hear about the stories of the people that couldn't shelter at home, that had to go back out, the people that could had to not see their kids because they were terrified of infecting them with the pandemic and, you know, made them live with family members. Even even that was a privilege to be able to separate the people that brought COVID home, the people that died in their homes, single moms who died in their homes infected with COVID and, you know, their children found their bodies. These are stories that have happened that nobody hears about. I'm hearing too much about how people don't get to go golfing, how people are like, oh, I got to exercise outside. The people that couldn't afford to um, buy um, computers for their kids to study, the women um, that had to, couldn't afford a printer. So she had to every night when she came home from work had to write out the assignments for her kids so that they could do their homework the next day. These are the things that I need to hear about, the things that need attention, that need um, our collective support as a community. We are focusing on the wrong things. The people that live in crowded homes that can't stay away from each other when they're sick, the people that don't have access to space, that don't have access to these luxuries, that don't have access to the internet. They can't afford the internet in their homes. These are the things that need our focus and our attention. And these are the ills in our society that were thrown into sharp relief that people have ignored. To get back to normal means to get back to ignoring these people. They have suffered this whole time. They suffer all the time. They are stuck at home all the time. They don't have the uh, benefit of knowing that they can take vacation at the end of this, that they can jettison away. They don't have access to the things online that we do, um, that people that have privilege are. And these are the things that we see now that need to be addressed. These are the things that are important. And this is what we need to do with this time that has been given to us. So when a a year ago now, when the world stopped, we were all slowing down and collectively watched George Floyd get murdered. 
um, it was it was the wake up call that a lot of people would have not paid attention to, I think, in the same way, had the world been in a normal state. A lot of people were called to action because they were taking a break from normal and as someone who of course I always am trying to you know think of the good from the horrific is a lot of people saw the police in a different way that day and continue to and understand the meaning behind defund the police. A lot of people learned the history of the police here in Canada. I talk about it all the time. Um, you know, they're basically, you know, started as protection for white people against slaves, slave catchers, um, you know, and then like, you know, enforcement uh, officers to, you know, enforce that, you know, people were really free. Um, they have a very negative history and um, they were created just to serve, you know, white people basically. And we can't ignore that. It, it takes a different form today, but the service is still the same. There's, uh, there's that history there and it hasn't been addressed properly. And because of that, it can, we can't move forward from it. There's an opportunity here for us to learn and be better as a society after the pandemic. You know, we can be better or we can be determined to stay the same. And my hope is that we do the latter, that we th look at ourselves critically and understand the institutions that we have built have been built to serve one group of people and disadvantage others. And if we want to get serious about equality, if, you know, we are really, you know, the Canada that we see ourselves, if we Amer American, you know, if Americans are really the land of the free, you know, we need to do better. We need to change. We need to change our institutions 
to serve all. And, um, you know, people get really, really, really uncomfortable when we talk about white privilege. But it exists. And, you know, I know people that have suffered through the pandemic that are white. Um, they still have white privilege. And I, I know that's a hard thing for people to accept. And I am sorry for the people that have suffered losses. I'm sorry for the people that have lost businesses, you know, that are uh, black and white, um, you know, any person of color that has had these suffered suffering, but the ability to um, recover uh, from that and the ability to have not suffered such great losses in the first place um, has been, you know, it's been a benefit to uh, white people. And even saying that it's, it's a hard thing to understand. And I like, I get it, but it's, it's a fact. It's a truth. Um, The, the data doesn't lie. And I think that um, the pandemic has revealed the racism that exists in in every facet of our lives that some people have been able to ignore until now. And I feel that, um, that it's something that we, we shouldn't be shying away from, that we need to go forward and not back to the way things were. Um, next week, uh, I'm going to talk about mental health and racism um, and the impact of this discussion uh, everyone's been having around mental health and also specifically what that means for uh, black people and people of color. Um, so please stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to my podcast. And uh, as always, thank you for taking time out to join my Blackadian universe. And I'll talk to you next time.